Welcome to the Keeping Wanderlust studio. Broadcasting live. It's a podcast, so it's never live. I'm alive. You're alive. Therefore, we are broadcasting as living people from the back of the new Keeping Wanderlust studio. The new studio. Our old studio was a New York City apartment. This one is the back of our 2019 Ram Promaster customized camper van, a.k.a. Home. I was going to say, AK, we're homeless. <laughs> what kind of homeless are we? High class homeless. Yeah. We are we are bougie bums. <laughs> Any type of alliteration we can put in with how homeless we are. I'm thinking of something that starts with the letter C. I was going to go through the full alphabet. <laughs> I, got st- I got stumped on the first letter. So we are re-kicking off Keeping Wanderlust, the podcast. Which we started, what, two years ago now? 2018. Yeah, it's been a while. And we started We it have off. so much to say. We have so <laughs> much to say. We, we can't get it all out in one setting. So we're going to start a whole season two and say all of the things. All of the, <laughs> all of the words. Um, but we started this off as a fun way to get into the podcasting lifestyle and get used to talking to each other, having conversations, and mostly sharing our travel stories. And we had planned to make this a podcast that we would continue on the road internationally long term as we lived out our dreams of traveling the world for at least a year. Yeah, so I, I think it bears like a few sec or minutes to explain what the hell happened right because we have hardened fans who have been texting me saying chris when is the next episode of the keeping wanderlust podcast coming out and i keep telling them soon we've gone through a lot over the last year year and a half so what was the so explain to them what the 2018 season was and how we got to 2020 without airing another episode. Because <laughs> it's your fault. Magically, we got <laughs> here without airing an episode. So first of all, I think we crushed it. <laughs> so good. No episodes. We're just super busy. <laughs> um, so we started off 2018 kicking off the podcast because we had the plans to quit our jobs, and travel the world for at least a year. It was going to be our our high-class honeymoon or our vagabond honeymoon. Our first year of marriage was going to be drop everything, take a year, two years, three years, whatever it was going to be, hit the road until the money runs out and see as much as we can, go to as many places as we could. We had saved up cash for about two years. We planned on doing this we agreed to the plan of doing this prior to even beginning the wedding plan and the goal or the the mission was in fact we even we even we did it we followed through in late 2019 early 2020 we both gave notice at our companies and said we're we're quitting our jobs or we're going on sabbatical we're spending the first year of marriage this is going to be our round the world honeymoon and our last day at work was going to be sometime in april 
and we gave this notice in like early 2020 and then the world ended in March. <laughs> what are the chances? And not to cry boohoo for us because we're clearly doing great and living our best lives. But the irony behind quitting our jobs to travel the world and then every country closes its borders right after. You I have can't all the get things that could go wrong, <laughs> right? We we definitely spent hours and hours just thinking about all the ways that this trip could blow up in our face or how the choice to quit our jobs could blow up in our face. The last thing we saw coming was a global pandemic. But we did plan to be bums for or vagabonds for at least at least a year. Right. At least a year. Right. So needless to say, that didn't work. And the 2018 first handful of episodes that we dropped was basically us just getting our feet wet in the podcasting sort of thing because we had never done it before. Still probably have no clue what the hell we're doing. But we just put a few episodes out there to, to find our voice, talk to people, do an interview, try to come up with a format, knowing the whole time that maybe 9 to 12 people would listen to those episodes and that sooner or later this would eventually be our basically our, our sonic diary of our trip around the world. And this would be a way for us to very quickly and easily document whatever the hell it is that we happen to be doing that day, whatever crazy adventure we were getting into. And then that didn't happen. So <laughs> now that it's, what are we in, November of 2020, Thanksgiving Day. We're thankful. We're so <laughs> thankful that we figured out a plan B because plan A didn't work out. But I would say we're pretty flexible people and we're also very committed to the Not journey that being we set out committed on. to anything <laughs> in life ever very committed to not being committed yes. and i think we are crushing that goal and now we're in a place where while every day is different i think we've gotten into our groove of getting used to this new lifestyle that is plan b that is now our way of life and is our way of exploring as much as we can while being as safe as we can in the crazy times that we're living in. Right. And we grew up and decided we want to live in a car. <laughs> I want to live out of my car. Which is one of my proudest decisions and moments to date. And I, yeah, I couldn't be more excited about what we're doing. And I know you're the same. So how did we get to where we are living in a car? And maybe explain a little bit about the car that we're living in. Unleaded gasoline. I'm, I don't <laughs> understand the question. <laughs> so we plan to quit our jobs. Well, we gave notice for to our companies in early January, both of us, at least four or five months notice because we've both been with our companies for a long time. And we plan to officially leave the country end of April. When March hit, as with everybody in the United States, that's when everything changed. So for us, we had flown out to California on March 12th from New York City to celebrate my dad's 70th birthday. And when we got there, things were changing by the hour in New York. Yeah, we almost didn't. We were, it was such a weird time. We were questioning whether to get on a plane 
at that time. None of us knew what the hell was going on. I think there were like 50 confirmed COVID cases in New York City. And we're like, should we should we be doing this? What if we have it and we bring it to LA? Right. And we are we are the outbreak monkey. Like that was that was the thing that was floating around in my head. Both of us were terrified. But, but we went. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't stop us. <laughs> we went and as soon as we got there, I mean, even before we left, we were thinking we might be there for longer than the five days that we had originally planned because, again, things everywhere were changing by the minute, and they continued to change so rapidly. So we went to L.A. on March 12th. We celebrated my dad's birthday on March 13th at a nice restaurant in Los Angeles, and that was the last nice meal we had out Since, date. yeah, <laughs> in nine months. And we quickly realized as the mayor shut down the city and pretty well, much flew, the whole country we, shut down. We flew in on a Thursday and canceled our flights back to New York on like a Saturday. Right. We, we canceled our plans back almost immediately. Oh yeah. Anyway, we don't need to. I think everyone has a where were you when the entire world shut down story. I don't think we need to harp on that, but where we're at now. So fast forward, right? Our, obviously, our plans for international travel got scrapped real fast. It took us a while to come to terms with that or accept it. We had to go through the seven stages of grieving before we accepted the fact that there ain't no way we're getting out of this country to go travel the world in anything that remotely resembles what we were what we were hoping to get out of that trip and anyway so fast forward we went through all those stages we went through lockdown we went back to new york got all of our stuff out of our apartment because we were basically paying for the world's most expensive storage unit we had all of our crap back there which at the end of the day i think it was the middle of may end of may we went back to new york got got all of our stuff out of the apartment and how much did we actually keep from all that? So I, I think if there's anything that's like worthwhile to if there's other than hearing us drunkenly banter to one another, the shit that we own, I couldn't even tell you. Like all I know is that it took like five days of walking up and down stairs to get rid of it all and we own none of it anymore. Yeah. We kept, I will say, we flew back with more than I've ever seen two people fly anywhere with in my life. We each had two checked bags, two carry-on bags, and then I think we stowed away some bags, like, in our clothes. Because our whole, like, the hallway that we moved out of was lined with our bags before we flew back. But for what it's worth, that's everything we brought to L.A. So, that's all of the things that we kept. Six. Of you know, of our entire apartment. Six bags. <laughs> Four of which are clothing. One bag is filled with your shoes and hair stuff. <laughs> but for what it's worth, everything else we got rid of. And my fun highlight of the whole moving out experience, my favorite part of it was the amount of stuff I was able to give away for free on the New York City streets that I just set outside of our apartment and put a free sign above and then, like, droves of people were walking by and taking with them and picking out and absolutely going through. I kept coming downstairs to drop off new boxes 
and putting up new free signs. And every time I'd come back down, all of the things I had left before were gone. And that was the highlight of my moving out experience because it was so interesting to see what people would take, the things they might not take. And then what did we end up quickly it would go? What did we end up throwing out at the end of the night? I feel like it was nothing but like wire hangers or something. We had a lot of wires and then my shoes. Shoes were tough to get rid of. So I had a whole box of used shoes, used expensive shoes. Yeah. Which for I wouldn't take used shoes either. So I get that. And by New York standards, I wouldn't call what you were wearing expensive shoes by any stretch. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. They were like too expensive pair, and then everything else is <laughs> used. <laughs> I, I mean, for what it's worth, I wouldn't take a lot of things off the street, especially during a global pandemic. That was the most fascinating part. It's like, here's a whole bunch of free shit. <laughs> and it's what? End of May. So I think part of what was happening in New York, too, at the time was that people had been locked down for two, three months. The weather finally started getting nice. The numbers started coming down in terms of, like, the infections. Everyone was wearing a mask. It was, like, the the only safe place was outside, you know, outside of your tiny cramped apartment that was six inches from your neighbor. So people started coming out in droves, and they saw all this free shit on the side of the road. And I think it was just sort of a way to pretend like, oh, yeah, this is... Or I feel like New York went through this weird sort of renaissance through the whole thing, right? Where it's like there were no tourists at all in New York City. Everyone had been locked down forever. No one had interacted with any other human beings for a while. And for the first time, New York City was nice. It's like there wasn't like garbage all over the place. It wasn't the end of August, so it wasn't 102 degrees and humid. It was everyone in New York City had been basically in solitary confinement for three months. The weather had been shit. They were finally allowed outside. And for the first time, New York City was nice to each other. Yeah. I think we could do a whole episode on those three weeks that we went back to move out because they were truly, as sad as it is to say, they were the best three weeks I've ever spent in New York City. Unprecedented. Yeah. Like nothing (laughs) I've ever seen. And I'm sure if you go back now, everyone's ready to like, tear each other's eyes out the way new york should be yeah maybe but it yeah it was just such a especially you know for me i'm not from there but having lived there for eight years it was the most peaceful calming experience i've ever had and everybody was following the rules wearing masks keeping distance but also just so appreciative to be able to be outside with each other because they were coming out of this terrible time so i love that the bars were open and that you'd walk up order a drink walk out stand in front of a cop across the street and as long as you're six feet away from him (laughs) you can have your beer in front of the cop and as long as you're six feet away from whoever you're hanging out with i don't it was a great time it was a great time it really was but that all being said we did move out of our apartment and we flew back to la just because we had a place there with my parents didn't have to pay rent um, had some time to just figure out what our next move was and figure out, you know, since international wasn't happening, what we wanted figure to figure out. Next. We had to accept the fact <laughs> that we were never going to travel internationally during a global pandemic. Right. Which we could have done. No. We just didn't No, but we could have, we no. just didn't want to experience it the way that it would have been. We didn't want to go to all of these places and not get to experience them in the full while not having 
any income and that was our time to explore it. So there's a lot of Potentially contracting a life-threatening disease in a country where you don't speak the language or understand the healthcare system. Right. The biggest concern for us was definitely our health and just being close to home and being able to have the resources if, God forbid, one of us did get sick. So we did need to figure out a plan B, and I'm I'm mostly proud of how quickly we figured it out because (laughs) the day after we came back, you're proud. I'm York. just shocked you said yes this quick. <laughs> the day after we came back from New York, we were looking together at a Facebook group that you followed. It was Class B camper vans, and you'd been following it for a while because we had we had started dis- talked about we not had started traveling. discussions about uh, it's somewhere along the way, and we didn't pick like a date and say we've accepted the fact that we're not traveling internationally but i started floating the idea i'm like look we've been here three months in la we're now going back to new york to burn all of our world earthly possessions save for the six bags of you know not expensive shoes and so we said if we're going to be stuck in la in this tiny apartment for the foreseeable future let's figure out there's a lot that can be done within a three to eight hour drive of Los Angeles. So I started looking online at piece of shit, beat up camper vans, right? Something that would fit into a Walmart parking space that cost less than $10,000 that was probably built over 30 years ago and has like a functioning futon mattress laid down on the floor in the back. So it's like one step above the scary van with a guy giving out candy to children, right? And one step below, an ice cream truck from 1989. And I'm like, look, babe, let's buy it. Drive it into the ground. If we go on a trip and it breaks down, we leave it there, set it on fire, collect the insurance money, come home, like take an Uber home. It's only eight hours, right? And we'll, we'll buy another one. And we'll do this loop. And then somehow, and I don't know how this happened, it transitioned from... Let's do weekend trips from L.A. to cool spots that are within a three day, three to eight hour drive to let's live in a car. Well, I we were clearly not on the same page because I always we're never on the same yeah. page. If you're listening, you'll pick up on that frequently. But I always thought we were traveling in this long term. So it's funny when he tells the story, he's like, we were doing weekend trips and I always thought we were like we were in this car a long time. I just started. All I know is I started showing you pictures of the stuff I was looking at. I'm like, look, this thing's great. And you're like, no fucking way. Yeah. So in my head, I was always like living in this thing. And, you know, when we talked about it, I'm like, well, I don't know if I could live in a piece of shit. No offense. And you would be like, oh, we'll just, you know, we'll mix in hotels and we'll mix in other experiences so we're not just in the car all the time and then you showed me this no mix in hotels and mix in airbnbs didn't that conversation didn't start until the decision was made that we were going to be bums and live in our car full time so something happened between me just like looking right at hey let's turn this into a weekend trip thing right we'll for like monday through friday right or monday through friday morning we'll hang out in la so i can because i never quit right or i did i gave notice i just never left which isn't 
fair to my company because they don't know what the hell to do with me. But we were going to do Monday through Friday. I'd work from home, and then we'd leave Friday at, you know, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time, and go do our weekend runs and come back. And somehow that at some point that changed into let's do 24, let's be bums. Let's hit the road, see what this country has to offer. And we just, the same way I feel like we went from let's look at different honeymoon spots to why don't we do them all. We went from let's get a piece of shit camper van and do weekend runs through the pandemic, through like to parts unknown where no people are to let's live on the road. Let's turn this into a lifestyle. So there's no like, you know, 45 miles an hour with us. It's it's we're either at a complete standstill or we're flooring it to see how fast we can go. So the day after we get back from New York City, you're showing me this group, this Facebook group that you started following and you're flipping through and all of a sudden I see my dream home on wheels. And you're scrolling, and I'm like, wait, 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 go back. <laughs> Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> and you scroll back, and I'm like, I love that. And I click on it, and we flip through all the pictures. Which is oh, funny because, like, I was, I, like, I was, like, I saw everything I was looking at had no commas in it from a price tag perspective. And then all of a sudden, you see something, and it's like, not only is that like one, that's 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 a comma and then some. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) But it was beautiful. And what I saw was this is something that I could live in on the road. And just for more context, what we were talking about doing beforehand was let's get a Jeep and put a pop top on the top of it. Or let's get some really old beat up again. Well, no, once it started getting serious and we said and you we said like I love how I keep the revisionist history that you've brainwashed me into is is that I've agreed to not do the piece of shit weekend run thing right I naturally vote you're like I can't do it that's a piece of shit right right I'm not I'm not doing I'm like okay so then I found a Jeep Wrangler that had that had been tricked out for like the ultimate off-road camping. Like you could do two days off the grid. Yeah. Right. And go to parts of the country that you just can't access otherwise. And I don't think I understood how valuable that is. Valuable that was yeah. back then. Looking at what I was looking at and looking at the price that that guy was offering, especially considering that I called him, he said he was going out of the country, he needs to sell it, he's just trying to make his initial invest whatever it was. I wanted a Jeep Wrangler with a pot. I basically just wanted to be forever camping off the grid, right? And I we can't hear it through the mic right now, but the wind's blowing 50 miles an hour, and I think it's 42 degrees outside without the wind. If we were in that Jeep Wrangler with the pop top, we'd be struggling right now. Yes. So I will give you kudos for having the foresight and brainwashing me <laughs> at the same time into – because at that point I was still thinking it was like long weekends. So I'm going to get to the climax of this, which is where we found our home that I've alluded to a couple of times. I'll shut up. (laughs) 
the day after we got back from New York City. We're sitting on our balcony in Los Angeles, scrolling through this new group that you started following recently. We see, spoiler alert, the home that we're in now, and I am fixated on it. I am so obsessed with the design, with the coloring, subway tile in the background, behind the kitchen that has a three burner stove and oven. There's the interior is white and green and green is my favorite color in the world. And there's this beautiful wooden countertops surrounding the kitchen area. It's just absolutely gorgeous. So I'm fixated as soon as I see the pictures. I immediately take down the information. I add the people who built it. I reach out to them. I set up a time to talk to them and introduce All this is ourselves. happening. So this is back in the early days of the pandemic where I would wake up every morning, shower, and put on clothes and go sit down at a desk and go to work. And so, like, for the next three hours, I'm in, like, a weird, you know, not involved with you phase. And all of a sudden, right around lunchtime, you're like, we have a conference call with Cody and Shelby. I'm like, that hell are you talking about yeah and i'm like the people with the van we're gonna talk to the people at the van that i want to buy are you free like do you have a call at 5 p.m <laughs> pacific you're, time you're like i scheduled it for five <laughs> pacific with two people i've never heard of to talk about buying a van that i remember seeing for all of maybe two seconds and i if we're being honest i don't remember seeing yeah it was it was super memorable for me. I remember specifically where we were sitting when we saw it. So point being, obviously it's something I wanted, so we made it happen. So we do get on the phone with them. You do clear your schedule, thankfully. And we sit and chat with them for a good 45 minutes. They're two of the coolest people we've ever talked to. They're so excited to be talking to us. They had just posted this online, and we responded almost immediately and they were so excited that we were interested. And the best part was they were located in Mammoth, California, which was only five hours north which of Which happened Angeles. to be in California, which is where we were. We were in California. I mean, the stars just totally aligned for us that what we found was in the same state, let alone only five hours away. So anyway, we did go up to Mammoth two weeks after talking to them. Yeah, so as we landed back in L.A. from New York. After unloading all of our stuff, June 1st, 2nd, something like that. And we called them up that day, had an awesome conversation. Two weeks later, we drive up there to see it and meet them. And then two weeks after that, we went to pick it up and hung out with them for like a long weekend so that they can teach us tool bags that, that we are, teach us how to use the van and not kill ourselves. Yeah, and we, we spent the weekend, again, up in the Mammoth area, which is absolutely beautiful. It was the best place. It's still one of my favorite places that we've been together in the van, and I think there's a lot of nostalgia that comes in with our first trip together. I still don't know why we left. I feel like we've seen a lot since then. So that was July of 2020. It's now November of 2020. We've seen, we've put, easily 10 to 15,000 miles on this thing then why we're not still in mammoth it, it baffles me yeah it was a great first place for us and just the camping lifestyle 
and the out, like outdoor activities. Of course, that exists a lot of places, but there's something magical about that area. And again, I think for us, the reason in part is because we went up there twice and that's where we found our new home and we did spend a good amount of time there. But it was just such an amazing first experience in the car. And we did our first off-roading there. We got some of our first... Haven't done any off-roading since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These things weren't made to go off-road. Yeah. (laughs) This is not a Jeep Wrangler. No, no. Which is funny. It, It sort of ties back into... Your initial view of this trip was let's just do a ton of off-roading and camping and being super remote, which which is great. But to live in that would have been difficult. I wanted to embrace the cowboy. All right. So I born basically born bred New York my entire life. And I'm like, look, I can't live in New York anymore. I need to accept the new version of me. And it's some somewhere along the line I decided the new version of me is like John Wayne or Clint Eastwood, and I'm playing a character that can needs to survive in 1840 in the Western frontier. Well, you should have gotten a horse. What are you doing buying a car, four-wheel drive? No, I, I'm not getting on a horse. I wanted some... I wanted to go full 180, and as soon as you said, we're going to live in a van and a car, and we're going to go explore the United... What, I wanted to kick it into same thing a hundred. I wanted to put my f- foot to the floor and hit a hundred miles an hour and be like, "Where we're going, we don't need no roads." Well, I will say to that point, I grew up in LA, went to school in Rhode Island, which is pretty tame, and then lived in New York City for eight years. I never experienced anything that. It required four-wheel drive. So I had no understanding of why you would ever need a Jeep to do anything. And now that we've been on the road, I don't regret living in our van because I love the fact that our home is with us all the time. I love the fact that we don't have to detach. We can just, everything's compact. No one's stolen it yet. Yeah, there's, awesome. there's just, everything is, you know, contained and safe and with us versus needing to find a place and leave it and come back and all that. But there are so many places that we've been that I've wished we had a Jeep. Right. So I'm just all all I'm saying is that our our upbringing, right, in our weird little bubbles, right, New York, L.A., Rhode Island, you went like what we grew up knowing and not only grew up like what I've lived in terms of the life of convenience, right, where you hit a button and something shows up at your door, you walk down the block and there's something still open and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. All of that shit went out the window real fast. And now, I don't know, like I think we're fast-forwarding to the last episode of this season, is the new person that I'm evolving into because I can't hit a button and get like French toast with bacon on it delivered to me in under nine minutes. The just sort of the dichotomy or the, the paradoxical shift from anyone who knows me to what we're doing now, right? Like all I care about right now is that it's so windy outside that I can't have a campfire 
to like drink my whiskey in front of while whilst wearing my brawny red and black plaid checkered shirt and just like if I chewed tobacco I'd just be like <laughs> Thank you damn right. Thank you I have sound effects. I am like totally embracing whatever the nouveau version of the redneck lifestyle is. Granted, yeah. we're doing it in a bougie bum style. But I'm I don't know who I married. I mean, you're a new person. When we met, you were all suits, all... I didn't again, have facial hair. You, I didn't... When you and I met, I did not carry a mustache or a beard at all. No. And now I could lead an entire faction of believers through the desert <laughs> for 40 <laughs> days and 40 nights, or whatever the real number is, right? For 40 years. I am the prodigal <laughs> son, right? I am, and I've got like little. Now that I'm getting old, I've got like white wisdom. W- I've got wisdom, wisdom growing into through. my beard, <laughs> but I still look like Jedediah, right? All I need is a funky top hat instead of a backwards Under Armour baseball cap, yeah. and it's over. I am in such a weird sort of cross, like crisis of faith in terms of identity. And nothing is nothing that I've gone through in life has been more beautiful than the crazy sort of chaos. And I am a moth to the flame of that chaos right now. Like I am flying headfirst into it. Bring it on. Scorch my little tentacles on the on my forehead, whatever it is. I am having so much fun. I have no idea what we were talking about. But I think it had something to do with backsplashes I think, I think we should turn this into a therapy session <laughs> i now I got that excited you're saying, now that you're saying all of these things i'm a huge fan of the beard and i've loved your outdoorsy self which is ironic because i fell in love with the new yorker <laughs> with a city boy <laughs> so maybe i just like the variety of my husband just being a new person <laughs> it's like i didn't know what the hell you were talking about when you were telling me about strike prices on <laughs> november 20th this guy i like i do like this guy and the more you keep talking about it the more i'm like should i be worried that you're going to crack at some point um but it seems like you're in a good yes. healthy place i don't know <laughs> no i'm i'm you're i'm in my manic phase okay All and right. it and it tends to run for three to five years <laughs> And awesome things come of it. Just make sure that you hang on and cling to some assets in that three to five year period. Well, all that being said. We digress. <laughs> you said, let's make this a quick one and tell them what the f- how the hell we got here. Yeah. I mean, to recap, we were planning to travel the world. We did not. We <laughs> hit a global pandemic just like everybody else. But we're the only two assholes that decided to be, we're in 2020, we are going to be unemployed, we're going to be vagabonds, we're going to disappear, we're going to go off the grid, it's like, we're not going to have cell signal. Yeah, and I do want to say we are incredibly grateful for where we're at, even though we're in plan B, we're living in a car, and for what it's worth, even though I was planning to be homeless this year... I was planning to be homeless in other countries, which to me just felt a little bit more acceptable. But now that I'm in my own country, 
I'm sort of like now. Well, now I'm really homeless, just in America. Now you're a bum. <laughs> if you're if you're living out of a backpack in like Argentina or Patagonia, yeah, that's that's it's bad. Like, oh, I'm just doing it. Right. When you live in your car in the United States, like it's questionable. You're a bum. Yeah, you're you like, need to answer some questions if you live in your car. Right. You're. I'm John Travolta. This is the last scene of Pulp Fiction. I'm like, you've decided to be a bum. A bum. You're going to be a bum. That's it. You're a bum. That's the whole scene. I, yeah, I'm not sure what the response is in the scene, but I'll give a normal. The one that says, bad motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> this is my, this is the, this is the, this is the part that no one's going to see. Is that when we're driving between spots for three to six hours? You're just quoting every movie. You well, think of. no. There's if there's one movie. I wish my cousin were on the phone. I hope my cousin listens to this. All right. If there's one movie everyone should see, regardless as to what generation they're Pulp born fiction. in, Pulp Fiction should be consumed by all media consumers forever. From this day forth, right? Citizen Kane is taught in like film school. Worst effing movie I've ever seen. Pulp Fiction, the Mecca, right? So, how about we tell the dozens of listeners at home what to expect from us going forward? Because there is more sober, more structured less obligatory rants in their future you've got this vision of how we're going to split this up so chris is gonna walk away to pee outside the door of our van while i speak (laughs) and he's decided that i'm allowed to edit now um but no we are going to have some structure to our podcast when before it was sort of free-for-all But our plan going forward is we want to cover three topics, one of which is location-based highlights. So we've obviously traveled to all these places around the country, and we want to share what we've learned from those places. Whether we've experienced them or not, I've done a ton of research, and there's so many things that I wish I had learned before going there that I would love to share. So location-based topics are going to be one piece of it. Um, the other thing we want to do is talk about van life, talk about different tips and tricks that we have considering we're learning so much on the road. For people, these will be specific to people who are living the lifestyle that we are living because there's so many things that we can share that would be beneficial for somebody who's living in a van, living in a camper, living in a you know trailer or tenting or whatever where just having gone to state parks and national parks and BLM we've picked up so many pieces of information that again I wish I knew before we started the trip but we kind of learn by living um, and then the other piece that we're going to highlight are interviewing really cool people that we meet we've already met so many amazing people on the road whether they're in national parks or just in passing at random campgrounds that 
we think would be so fun to talk to and share their stories. And then we'll have bonus episodes. And those will be a free-for-all. Mostly probably Chris ranting. About my bungee cord forts. Yeah. Chris <laughs> Chris has come up with more uses for bungee cords than I could ever have imagined. And I have an album of several of them that I plan on you sharing say album, one day. You're talking about photos. I have a photo album, not a musical album. Although, yeah. We could come up with a musical <laughs> album too. <laughs> I could add some, I could add a soundtrack to that. Yeah, but there are so many things you've done. Like you've created paper towel holders. Of course, the you know mylar blankets outside. You've put up bungee cords to hold up these reflectors outside. But you've done some crazy things that I never would have. I kept the shower going. Hot water. Non-stop. That's a great example. I think we're giving away the secret sauce to probably a bonus episode. But stay tuned because in future episodes, we'll explain how Chris used a bungee cord. to keep. So whenever I need to talk about stupid shit that has no place in either a location-based episode, an interview, a van life episode, the rest of it's just going to be bonus episodes, which is going to be me ranting about cool shit that I do with bungee cords, what I cooked yesterday over an open flame, how not to pee in the wrong places. Speaking of, um, so I gave it away, but you just went to pee while I was speaking for a little while. It's really windy outside. How did that go? Well, I've been holding it for a long time, so it's a lot like voltage and amperage. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so it's the there's the difference between the quantity of P versus the force behind the P. OK. Right. And we had been recording for at this point, 56 minutes and 33 seconds. Perfect. And I think when we sat down to record, I didn't have to pee. But nine seconds in, I did. And I think if you're five foot nine or if I were five foot nine, I would win, which I'm not. But if I were five foot nine, I would win the pee above your head game. You peed. I five there was feet, so much torque behind the urine. So, point being, like the wind didn't bring it back to oh, you. Oh no, you're and, dry. And I'm looking at the little shelter I built outside that is windproof. And that's also dry. There's, well, yes, because it's. You didn't pee on it. No, it's 15 yards away. <laughs> You're just bragging about how far you... Anyway. Have you ever peed 15 yards? Honestly, if I had my pee funnel... No. Like... No. A game on. No. I don't know. Only if you're standing at the top of a mountain. And I'm not saying I haven't peed off the top of a mountain, but I wouldn't count the 15 yards of, like, straight down. So you're dry... The wind wasn't a problem. The wind wasn't coming at you. It's not like you no, peed into No, it was. No, I did pee into the wind. Oh. And this is the important part, right, is that there was so much torque behind the pee because it was 53 minutes of buildup that I was able to piss into the wind. And if there's one thing my dad ever told me, a couple of things, right? Don't pee into the wind. <laughs> no, this is important stuff. Look, if we're going to have a podcast, sooner or later, we need to tell. I want to know what number no, two no, no. is. The whole reason. Number so one, part don't of pee into the wind. What's number two? Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We're in Snow Canyon, but lucky for you, there's no snow to even right. tempt and, you. And luckily, someone turned it into a song. Right? <laughs> it's a Frank Zappa song. Okay. Watch okay. out where the huskies go. Better not eat no yellow snow. Nice. Words to live by. Okay. Right? Don't shit where you eat. That's an easy one. I think everyone everyone knows. I think horses know that, right? Yeah. And happy wife, happy life. That should be number one. I don't know why the order is wrong, but I'm glad it's in there. Well, most of us aren't married. I don't know how this shit happened. But <laughs> I got lucky. All right. So why are we doing the podcast? Because I love to hear myself talk. That why are you doing the podcast? is the end all be all. Chris loves to hear himself talk. We are not doing this for the listenership. If you're still here, thank you so much. I'm, we're incredibly appreciative. But No, this is a selfish act. We're doing this for ourselves. We're going to document the where we were, where our heads were at, and what we experienced in the moment, even though this was a revisionist history episode. <laughs> and there might be a few more of these because we've been on the road for a little while and we feel like we finally have something to share. I do hope, though that we will have some nuggets of wisdom that other people can learn. So I think there's, I don't think most of the people that we know would ever, in fact, we've met the people we know. Mm, they think we're batshit crazy. Yes. And they would never do this. So a big piece of this is a couple of idiots going out on the road, having zero experience, doing zero research yet again. And launching themselves into the unknown and buying red flannel shirts and growing a beard. And just going with the flow and figuring out what that lifestyle is. And I do think that there is an entire community that's done this ten times better than we ever will. And I do think that there are a, a healthy, 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 con there's like this massive contingent of people who are doing this for the first time. I do think us buying the van in July of 2020, we were probably ahead of the game a little bit, I think. Ahead of the COVID game, for sure. Like, yeah. there are definitely people who have been doing this for years, and kudos to you guys who saw this coming, because we didn't. If you're one of those people, stop listening yeah, to us now. Yeah, we have nothing because, to offer you, yeah, absolutely. But for people who are after us, by all means. Right. And if you're as dumb as we are. Right. That's, like, that's the big dumb. thing. Not dumb. Under. Unprepared. Uh, yes. Uninitiated. Underexposed. As. Under-researched. As spontaneous. I would. I think we should use positive words. Not under, but more pro-spontaneity. And pro-just living in the moment. You know. We're the assholes who jump off the boat. We're like, yeah, we know how to swim, and there's exactly. like a 17-foot swell there. You can relate to that. You're our audience. Exactly. Right. With that, we want to memorialize some of our most exciting adventures, and we're super excited to share. If you're listening, thank you. Otherwise, don't worry about it because we're having fun just talking to each other believe it or not after living in a car we still have fun talking to each other and sharing our stories with one another and we're going to continue to do that with all the crazy places you know, that the we best go. part is is that our grandchildren are going to listen to this we're doing this for you grandkids 
So we're going to do bonus episodes, interviews, location-based stuff, and van life stuff. Yes. All right. So there's probably a bonus episode in our future. I think this is a bonus episode. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Season one. What the hell? <laughs>